Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Cindy Burnett. And my name is Dr. Matthew Wurwood. This is the Fueling Creativity and Education podcast. On this show, we'll be talking about creativity topics and how they apply to the field of education. We'll be speaking with scholars, educators, and resident experts about their work, challenges they face, and digging deeper into new and varying perspectives of creativity. All with the goal to help fuel the more rich and informed discussion that provides teachers and parents with knowledge they can use at home or in the classroom. So let's begin. Welcome to Creativity Tips, a special series of the Fueling Creativity and Education podcast episodes dedicated to teachers who want to implement a new strategy that promotes creativity in their classroom. In each of these super duper short episodes, we will share a creativity tip that builds on one of the themes that has emerged on our show. So Matt, one of the most prominent themes that has continued to come up is the role of risk-taking and failure. So I want to talk about failure today. So we really want our students to take risks in our classroom and we want them to feel comfortable or at least not feel terrible about failing. What's one tip that you do in your classroom to help students feel comfortable with this? Well, I think, first of all, that risk-taking and failure are probably two different discussions that we could have, but obviously two different things that have a really close relationship because when we experience instances of failure, it might um, discourage us from taking future risks if we think that we're going to experience those instances again because, of course, what we're talking about is the fact that failure can be very uncomfortable and it can obviously make us avoid doing things in the future. And so I think my creativity tip is associated with trying to normalize failure in a classroom environment. And there's a few different ways that I do that, but perhaps my favorite um, and most relevant to the creativity tip episodes centers around utilizing the marshmallow challenge. Now, I'm not going to make the assumption that that everyone's familiar with the marshmallow challenge. So as a quick summary, it's a great activity to do with students of all ages, including uh, adults as well. And it centers around producing a the tallest freestanding structure In 18 minutes, using 18 pieces of spaghetti, one yard of tape and one yard of string. And there's a great TED talk out there um, that talks a little bit more about the marshmallow challenge. Now, typically, I've seen the marshmallow challenge uh, used as an icebreaker, used to have a discussion about group dynamics and also the concept of iterative design. And I've certainly used it in that way. But most recently, over the last four to five years, at least in my uh, one of my digital media and design classes at the University of Connecticut, I've been using it to kind of introduce this concept of failure. And what I do is in the very first lesson that first year students, you know, entering the university environment for the first time, the first activity that they do is the marshmallow challenge. They walk into the classroom. They don't know each other. They don't know me. And I've already set up these different bases with all of the materials. And they sit down and we have some short introductions. And then very quickly, we transition into the marshmallow activity. Now, yes, there is certainly uh, some people that will produce a freestanding structure. But I nearly always have at least one or two groups in the class fail, meaning that their structure topples over after 18 minutes or they simply just don't have a freestanding structure um, after the 18 minutes. And we have a little bit of banter for a few minutes. And what I've typically done is I've, I've identified a group that I am making the assumption won't succeed in the task. And I'm kind of softening them up, hoping that they can kind of work with me for the next part of um, uh, the exercise, which is obviously a discussion around failure. So what I do is I go over to the group that that failed and I say, so uh, why do you think you failed this activity? And there's nearly always a pause. 
And you can see that they're struggling to process the way I've just phrased the question. Why did your group fail at this activity? And at some point, someone in the class, and it's not always the group, will raise the question, you know, wow, you just, you know, the way you phrased that. And I'll say, what's wrong with it? They, they failed. Yeah, but, you know, and of course, what happens is I can then say, well, what's wrong with, with saying somebody failed? We all, we all fail at something. And I kind of, you know, uh, play, be naive a little bit. And sure enough, that helps initiate a discussion about the concept of failure and the fact that when we are doing something new, we're going to fail. And we are engaging in university for the first time. We're using applications in digital media and design for the first time. We're going to be tasked with doing activities, new activities, working in groups for the first time. And so on this journey over the next four years, I alert the students the fact that they're going to fail. And it's okay. This is a safe environment at school to fail. And what we need to do is try and recognize that it is part of the process. It's, un it's an uncomfortable part of the process. We should accept it's uncomfortable. It's certainly uh, uncomfortable to the extent that we don't like using the word failure. But nevertheless, it's something that we're going to experience as we try and learn and do things new and different. So that's uh, my creativity tip for uh, introducing the concept of failure, specifically trying to normalize the concept of failure in a classroom environment. What's your tip, Cindy? Thanks for that tip, Matt. So I'll give you a tip that I use in my classroom, and this is taken directly from my good friend, John Michael Fox, who is one of the faculty members at the Center for Applied Imagination at Buffalo State and one of my mentors. And Mike taught us that you give yourself a mistake quotient. So you give 30 mistake, mistakes to yourself every day. You tell that to your students on the first day that you have a mistake quotient. It's 30. And all the students in the class get 30. So a mistake, whether it's a big mistake or a small mistake, is down one. And so every time you make a mistake, you go, oh, made a mistake. You cross out your number 30, you go down to 29. And I always tell my students, if you get down to zero, you one, get ice cream. <laughs> And two, or you go for ice cream or you get a treat or something fun, which always makes them laugh. And two, you go back up to 30 again. So you get a whole nother 30 mistakes. So it encourages students to take risks, make more mistakes. And what I love about it is it also models making mistakes in the classroom. So if I make a mistake in my classroom, I would just say, whoops, and I cross out the number and I go down. And, and sometimes, you know, I would walk in on the eighth or ninth class and they would say, well, where are you at today? I'm like, I'm at three. I'm right at the edge. I'm right at the edge of an ice cream break. And that would make them all laugh because they would know that it's been a rough day, right? So mistakes, big or small, I'll get down one and you have your mistake quotient written down someplace. Cindy, I absolutely love that activity. It's another activity that I'm probably going to steal. I think, you know, once again, you're somewhat normalizing this concept of failure in a classroom environment. But the other thing that you're adding is this ability to reflect on our instances of failure, to identify instances of failure. And I think that that is such an important part to making failures intelligent. There's this concept of, of intelligent failures and, of course, learning from those failures. And the first thing that we need to do is to be able to identify them when they happen. So um, really great stuff. So this concludes this creativity tip for the Fueling Creativity in Education podcast. As always, if you've got any questions or perhaps suggestions for a future creativity tip episode, please reach out to Cindy and myself using the email questions at fuelingcreativitypodcast.com. My name is Dr. Matthew Wurwood. And my name is Dr. Cindy Burnett. 
If you like these tips, check out my book, Weaving Creativity into Every Strand of Your Curriculum, which has hundreds of tips given by educators from all different domains that can help you bring these creativity skills into your classroom. 